Hi, this is David Sweet, founder of Focus Core, and I'd like to invite you to take a look at our 2024 salary guide. It's a great resource for hiring APAC professionals wanting to know about the salaries for executive positions within Japan, as well as finding out information of what's important to attract the best talent in Japan. The salary guide is found on our website under About Salary Guide 2024. I hope you find this information useful for you and your company. Now, on to our podcast. Today I'm joined by the one and only supply chain, Wayne. I've been fortunate enough to have worked with Wayne Yoshida over the years and I'm pleased to share our conversation today. Wayne is one of the best recruiters I've had the opportunity to work with. He's knowledgeable about the market, strong at sales with a keen sense of marketing. Currently, he's the Northeast Asia Talent Acquisition Manager at Maersk as well as a features editor for the online publication Cargo Now, and he is a senior board member of the International Propeller Club. He's also soon to be a published author of children's books about transportation. Today we'll be speaking about recruitment in Japan, about moving from agency side recruitment to in-house recruiter, and he'll share some tips that he thinks companies can do to improve their recruitment. So without further ado, I give you Supply Chain Wayne. So welcome to the Focus Core podcast. I'm here with Wayne Yoshida. Welcome, Wayne. Good morning, Dave. Obviously, we've known each other for some time, and uh, for those of you who don't know you, uh, you are probably one of the best recruiters that I've had the pleasure to work with over the last 25 years. Uh, but for those people who don't know you as uh, Supply Chain Wayne TM, uh, please uh, you know, give us a bit of your background and your path uh, that's led you to being the Talent Acquisition Manager for Northeast Asia at Maersk. I, I don't know if I'm the best that uh, there is, but uh, thank you for, for the mention. Um, 15 years in Japan next month. Nice. Um, always, always did sales growing up. Always did, um, you know, played hockey in the winter, played uh, baseball in the, in the summer. So very, very competitive. Um, in Japan, I did, uh, what, five and a half years of auto sales export. That's how I got introduced to um, export mainly, um, introduced to logistics a little bit. Um, and then when, when I once started to look for a job, that's, that's how we got to meet. Um, there was a, a job posted on the website. Um, I was applying for a job at Schenker, actually. Yeah. Uh, tra trade lane trade lane usa um you made two placements out of that job one one at shanker <laughs> one one for focus core um but i mean i i went into the interview um not really knowing what recruitment was or why would i want to do this or 
Um, but at the time I met, I met you, went back in for a second round, met uh, Byron and Ben at the time. Uh, like the three of you guys came back in for, for drinks. And then I think the whole process took a week. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I had signed my contract. And then, and then the rest is history. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed, um, uh, to begin with, I enjoyed logistics more than supply chain. Mm. Um, and, and, um, I gravitated around that area and I think that's, that's where I built my niche. Then supply chain kind of just felt into it or, you know, everything else, procurement, supply chain, um, demand planning, um, everything else that comes with it. Uh, but yeah, the niche was really, really transportation, um, warehousing 3PL. Um, and that's, that's where I, yeah, that's where I made my career and, and that's how, well, that's where I am today um, with, with, with Marsk. So. One of the things that you did so well as, um, as a recruiter is um, what we call tribe building, right? Mm. I mean, you're a master of uh, online. You came in and created your own brand uh, with the, the trademark supply chain, Wayne, and, and everybody would know you, right? Talk a little bit about the importance uh, for you in the tribe building and, and building a community. So um, I, I'm not going to say a number because I don't I don't know it. But when I started recruitment in Japan in Tokyo, the only thing I knew is that there were so many foreigners doing mm. this job, and I wanted to stand out. I, I wanted to be a little bit different. So I always enjoyed marketing. Um, and, and having fun with it. Um, so really, really, really early on um, with, with the you know, help of Ben, yourself, Baron, um, anything that we could have fun with the marketing, uh, you know, Nengajo, uh, uh, email signature with, you know, funny pictures in it uh, just to stand out. Um, and then that, that kind of um, uh, also took took away into LinkedIn, into Facebook, into other social media. Um, and then just really trying to, to stand out and, and one, being different, mm. two, being a, 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 maybe not a thought leader, uh, but being, bringing something um, extra. So, you know, market information or um, ideas about the industry, or Japan Global, um, just to just to be able to do a, a little bit more um, so that people would come to me um, mm. and stand out a little bit more than, than the average uh, recruiter. You're the, the consummate professional at, uh, at doing that. I, I was always impressed. Two things. One, you always wanted to have fun, mm. uh, but two, also bring value. And it was never just... It wasn't about sales. It was about bringing value and you knowing that something else would come out of that. Mm. It was always about um, customer service on both sides with the clients, with the candidates, uh, because I knew that if they were happy with my services or you know the information I brought them, they would come back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my my business was a lot of, I mean, you know, continued return clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple multiple placement with, with you know one or two clients um, and that's that's where I, I was able to be consistent because I had that base that strong base um, and, and that's that the thing that that's 
due to yeah, that consistency of, of extra uh, information that, that was given. It's interesting. You, you'd mentioned, uh, and you and I can talk about this probably for ages, about competition mm. and being competitive and, and how important that is into what we do. Yes. <laughs> um, to me, um, competition has to stay healthy because uh, yeah. it, it, it can it can get out of hand pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but in a way, every recruiter is is his own little business, yeah. Um, because it's incentive based, so you're 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 fighting for for your piece of the pie, mm. um, and so by keeping it. Um, competitive by keeping it, I think, healthy. It just brings, uh, it brought the best out of me anyway. I don't know if everybody sees it that way, but um, it always pushed me to be, to do a little bit more, to go a little bit further, to do a little bit of extra, to, to make sure that I was on top every month, every quarter, every year. Mm. Um, and, and when I wasn't one, um, then I wasn't happy for myself and I'd make sure that next month or the next quarter I'd be back on top. Yeah. When, what do you think, you know, get philosophical here for a second, what do you think is the difference between, what's that dividing line between healthy competition and when it just gets to be destructive, do you think? Whenever you're trying to step on a pier yeah. or, um, you know, I wouldn't, Whenever you're doing it to be I don't know, malicious, I wouldn't say steal a candidate or steal a client or um, hiding information from your colleagues um, to make sure that you get that placement or um, that's when it becomes a bit, um, not a bit, extremely unhealthy. And I don't mm -hmm. think it can continue very long that way to, to have a successful team. Yeah. And you have to work together. Yeah, luckily, we, I mean, we've always had a, a really good competitive trying to be competitive and it and oftentimes it's i think competition has to start with being competition against one's self yes yeah i i being a marathon runner it, it helped because i'm i'm a mid-pack marathon runner so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win a race the only person that i can ever beat myself right mm. so that's always been my kind of competition and and that there's an external uh person there as well that helps but it's not yep. it doesn't really that's not the really driving force as much right for me it's a bit of both yeah <laughs> i, I want to do better than i did but i also want to be on top of the pack yeah um, well sometimes you made it sometimes uh I no <laughs> i i didn't always make it that's that's for sure <laughs> what um so you've so what tell us a little bit about the process of moving from say a top shelf boutique agency to an in-house recruiter at a blue chip company. Uh, so there's it's 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 interesting because it's the same and it's not. <laughs> um the the major difference uh, and then I would imagine it's, it's probably true with every big companies or companies that are, uh, are active in, in marketing or out there and, and, and you know leading in their, in their field. But just by 
just by having that MERSC logo behind me, mm. people started to reach out to me for jobs from everywhere, mm -hmm. which never happened at Focus Core. Mm -hmm. Even though I was posting job constantly, I would rarely get, you know, candidates coming to me and say, I want to apply on this. Mm -hmm. um, I would have to find the candidates and say, do you want to apply on this? Whereas here, um, I don't want to make it sound easy, but it's just by doing that, I had quite a few people uh, reaching out and say, I want to work here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think by having that network, by having that, that presence online that I've maintained over the past eight years, um, all of that kind, kind of made it easier moving in um, and having that 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 reach um, if i didn't have the network probably i probably wouldn't have um, the candidates reaching out to me as easily so that's i would say um, the, the nice part the good part um, and then everything else is 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 very similar right um, the down part is i mean this is not uh, an agency for for recruitment therefore we don't have a recruitment database <laughs> um, okay. so at the moment uh, i'm working on excel um, on on a piece that i tried to <laughs> create the best i could um, to 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 manage candidate um, information um, so to have that um, i'm forgetting the name of uh, we're, we're not bullhorn but uh, Octus or uh, Octus or Boris, I mean, it's, or yeah. it, it, it makes it so much easier. Mm. Um, and to go back and and look at notes and look at what was done, um, it, yeah, that's nice to have um, on the agency side, on the boutique side. Um, but so far, I mean, the, the the job is 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 very similar. I'm learning obviously more of the HR side. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the making the, of the offer, um, the onboarding process, um, and, and all the way to you know actually starting, um, mm -hmm. where you don't see that on the on the recruiting side, which is fun. So I'm learning something something new, um, mm -hmm. but I would say the process is very similar. Um, and again, I don't want to make it sound easy, but um, to have candidates reaching out directly is nice. I think it's it's good to underline there, though, that if you didn't have that network ahead mm -hmm. of time, then they wouldn't have. You don't have a network. You're coming with ground zero with yep. this. Uh, no one's reaching out to you because you don't have anyone in your network. So it's it's imperative, I think, for those that I've seen go in house and be successful at it. They were successful agency side, and mm -hmm. they have that database already that they're. Uh, that tribe that they can they can tap into. Yeah. Has there been anything that's really kind of surprised you? <laughs> um, and this is probably I don't know if it's ignorance, but on the agency side, I always thought, um, you know, when when we are getting an offer, mm -hmm. it's it's just the company sticking a number on a on a piece of paper and giving it to us. There's a lot more behind it. Mm -hmm. um uh, comparing the with with you know internal uh numbers and and making sure that everything is is in order and you know the the, the reward package and, and everything um so it takes at least a day or two <laughs> to actually get it done uh, <laughs> where i was on when i was on the you know uh with focus core i would have, i would be impatient and say well 
where's my paper? Where's my, where's my offer? <laughs> well, now I understand why it's not always, uh, there's a process to it. <laughs> yeah. There's method to the madness on the inside. Yeah. Yes. But, so, I mean, having gone in house, what, uh, what can you see that in general companies could do better to develop their recruitment processes? Do you think, what are some easy wins that they could take away? Um, so definitely the, the, the tribe building, uh, the marketing to it. Um, I, I've seen some, um, some recruiters do it. Um, but I think LinkedIn gives a lot of, um, easy option, um, to, to keep that tribe building and do that marketing. Mm. um and keep doing that um and then obviously any kind of of um of a database um that that can be you know implemented like um hire planner is an easy one uh or, or maybe i don't i you know i don't know uh, all the, the the options out there but having some kind of database for candidate management uh, because one thing that I found is is that there's a lot of um, people that had been reached out to, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily thought for different roles. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a lost opportunity there. Um, having the database would be definitely a good thing to have um, internally. Yes, that's I've done. When I've done training uh, for processes with companies, usually the number one thing is use your your database, use your mm-hmm. CRM. And it's and it's interesting because a lot of companies actually have uh, a CRM or a database, but they, they don't use it because it's uh, not Japan specific, for example, right. not user friendly. Um, I got an episode on Hire Planner, which I'll probably re-release. So. I'll put that into the show notes. Um, the other one with to underscore with what you're saying with marketing. Yeah, companies, one, they, a lot of companies just don't have the luxury of time, right? The HR is overwhelmed and the managers mm. aren't, uh, the hiring managers are not doing uh, any tribe building. And that internal marketing communications for the company is so important for um bringing in companies. I would recommend another podcast I did with uh, Anthony uh, with from Engine 10. And I'll, mm. I'll put a link to that in the episode notes as well, because he does such a good job for, for companies. And I, I've recommended him to, to companies. And what one of the things we're doing now with our, our clients is really working at building, um, going out and using branding for them to to bring in people with on the executive side because it's just it's an easy win right yeah it doesn't cost it's a little bit of time a little bit it it definitely costs time uh but i think it's so much worth it yep and 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 just in japan recruitment's so expensive anyway so Mm. if you're not going to put you need to put that little bit of time um that's great so those are two easy wins what do you think also going in-house the opposite side what do you think are some pitfalls that companies should stay away from? Pitfalls. Hmm. I don't know if I've been here long enough to say or that I've seen any pitfalls. Um, 
Um, I think for me, um, the, the, the one thing that I, I, I made sure to, to, to um, I think, bring over from the agency side is the candidate experience, mm. uh, especially during COVID. Uh, taking the time when it's possible, show them the office, get a little bit of face-to-face time, um, you know, getting them a little bit warmed up <laughs> instead yes. of just doing everything, everything online um, and, and making sure that the whole process is smooth uh, because um, I, I don't know how, um, sometimes I think it get it, the, 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 the feedback or the, the process of delay, it's kind of lost, lost in, in communication. Uh, people are not given uh, the exact position that they are. No news is still news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, it was just to bring that. Um, and I think that's something that we push at Focus Core a lot. Um, you know, communication with candidates, communication with, with clients. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I kept that here. Um, but I, I don't think I've been long long enough to see any any uh, downfalls yet or, or kind of uh, dangerous zone. But I would say, yeah, candidate candidate experience is is, is the most um, important. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, we well when you started with us, we were top grading, right? Yeah. You used to say you know create a top grading interview process for candidates uh, if you're an agency if you're a company, but in Really, the companies to just have a process and they follow the process just do so well. It, it, we've seen so many mistakes where companies actually have process, but they skip a, a link in it. And we've done the same thing too. You skip a link in the process and you will make a mistake. You'll yep. make a hiring mistake and it's just so costly. Well, and uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit because I, I noticed on your profile, you've got Unicorn Hunter on your, on your profile. <laughs> what's, what's that all about? Uh, I, I want to meet, you know, unicorns, people that, that, uh, stand out. Nice. <laughs> in what, in what, uh, capacity? In what capacity in terms of, uh, of skills, um, be it, be it human interactive skills or, or actually just, you know, uh, you know talent, uh, um, talented people, um, mm. at, at all levels, huh? Um, be it someone with two, three years of experience, um, or you know the top, top guys, top girls um, in, in their in their area, uh, people who stands out. Uh, we have a, a clear vision, a clear mission that we want to be uh, number one in end-to-end integrated logistics, and and we can only do that by always hiring uh, one notch above of what what we have or what where we are. Um, so that's that's why unicorn hunter. Got it. So let's talk about Maersk because Maersk is um, I've always considered it a very special company in the world. Um, it's unique in its placement. It's top tier, uh, and uh, and and I know you've always uh, idolized uh, the company. Um, talk a little bit about what makes Maersk so special in the industry. Um, again, I can only speak about what I know. 
um, people, people, uh, the people that I've interacted over the past, you know, eight years on the mm -hmm. agency side and, and now internally, um, it's just top people, um, people who have that challenging attitude, um, that can do attitude, um, everybody's been extremely helpful and, 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 uh, in my onboarding and there's no, well, I'm sure there's stupid question, but I, they made me feel like there's no stupid question. Um, um, so to, uh, the people, and then, and then, uh, the vision over the past two years, um, I, I, I think going from, you know, uh, uh, number one shipping line, Mm -hmm. uh, to to really being able to provide all the services in, in the supply chain um, and and sticking to it and and dedicated to make it happen um, is is an interesting and, and fun journey I think um, so that's that's what I thought um, that that was the right time for me nice yeah that I I echo I what you say all the people that uh, I know at Marisk have been they're really very intelligent uh, folks, right? They they know what they're doing. Besides, and then they're also really nice people, mm. right? I mean, um, outside of business, just they're genuinely genuinely nice people, like you, I think. What? Uh, so I, let's let's do a bit of a pitch. If you're, uh, what kind of people do you want um, reaching out to you if they're looking for jobs? Yeah. Um, people who want to challengers, challengers, people who, uh, want to do more than, than what is expected of them. Uh, people that, um, uh, a job description is nice, uh, but that want to do more than just what is assigned to them. Mm. People who, who raise their hand whenever there's, uh, an opportunity, um, or even if there's no opportunity and they say, what about this? What about that? Um, so people who think outside of the box a little bit, um, English is definitely a big must here. Um, I wouldn't say don't apply if you're, if, if you're not confident in yourself, in your English, if you're conversational and you still have that, that mindset, um, please, please do reach out. But, uh, we, we work in a very much matrix type of way. So we're always in communication with regional, mm. um, and, and lots of, you know, stuff coming from, from a quarter as well, from Copenhagen. So everything is in English. Um, so if you're not, if you're not confident, um, then that might be a, a challenge, but, um, I think the people that have the mindset to, to do more, uh, will also won't mind about language and they'll just try to do their best. Right. So. Okay. What's, um, from Marisk, what's, is there anything interesting on the horizon um, in Japan for the company? I know that they've really, you know, besides shipping, have ventured into other areas within transportation. Um, they're doing a lot now with AI. What, is there anything mm. that uh, you can talk about as far as uh, innovation that they're really jumping into in Japan? I, I don't know if it's innovation, but in terms of what we're doing, I mean, APMT uh, late last year, uh, We've, we've doubled the size and capacity mm -hmm. uh, so they, they can accommodate uh, a lot more uh, container space now a lot more vessels 
Um, I mean, it's in, it's in the news. I, I wouldn't go into too much data, details, but LF, LF Logistics, I mean, where we've made a bid and uh, plans to, to make a, an acquisition. So um, that's, that's a huge, um, huge step in the right direction, I think, into what we want to do. Mm. Um, that'll be exciting. Um, as well as we have a lot of um, digital tools, um, Trade Lens, Twill, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name, Cup, Captain, uh, if you can edit later, <laughs> if you can edit it later, I'll, I'll give you the name, uh, which is a, a, a refer a visibility a product mm-hmm. um, and more to come. So it's, there's a lot done on the digital side. Um, obviously, that's led uh, out of Japan, but we still need to, uh, to push that here and then to provide solution here. Um, so it's, it's uh, when we're looking for salespeople, we need, we're looking for salespeople so that can sell digital product. Wow. Okay. That's great. So we'll uh, make sure that that gets uh, underlined in the, in the notes as well with um, let's, let's change gears a little bit. So you're from uh, 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 Canada. Yes. We, oui. <laughs> we oui, uh, in a, in a, in the French speaking quarter. Um, but everything you have is Boston, mate. Well, why, why, why is that? You got, you know, you're, when you're following sports, you're, you're a, a huge, you're the biggest Boston fan I know. And I've never been to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> of course you haven't. Um, uh, uh, small town, uh, Quebec, uh, hockey is a religion. Uh, everybody, everybody cheers for the Montreal Canadians. Okay. Um, and I just uh, want to be a Montreal Canadian fans. So <laughs> <laughs> Boston being the biggest rival, I said, okay, let's go with that. Um, and then, and it just, you know, uh, I said, okay, let's, let's, let's cheer for, uh, a region instead of, you know, taking a team here, a team in LA. And uh, so I went with Boston for, for everything, uh, the Red Sox, the Patriots. Um, and I've been, been faithful to that ever nice. since. How, how are the Bruins doing this year? I mean, we're doing okay. Yeah. We're doing all right. COVID is, is, is hurting, but we're doing all right. Okay. With, uh, and then uh, leave, leave you with an interesting, uh, with a ponderous question for our, our listeners. What's your favorite episode of South Park? There's so many. <laughs> Come so- um well i can't remember the the, the the episode and i think it's just you know being canadian as well uh, where the boys uh, uh need to travel to canada for yeah. christmas and and save uh stan's brother i think it's christmas in canada i think it is um and they go from you know taking a journey on the only road which is the 417 <laughs> <laughs> which goes across Canada um, yep. um, and it's just there's so many things happening um, and it's just fun but there's yeah it's, it's it's my favorite show season 25 starting next week nice that, that's always been an affinity for for between us is that um, I come from Colorado mm. but never watched South Park and uh, and you've never been to Colorado, but uh, a big fan of South Park. So we've always had to teach each other on these things, which is they have Casa Bonita. 
They do have Casa Bonita, which is absolutely fantastic. Worst food of all time. Good sopapillas. And uh, every child had a birthday party there and mm. they bought it, which it's going to be amazing. It, w- it would be one reason I'd go back to Denver now, just to see Casa Bonita. The, the, guy, the, the guys from South Park have purchased uh, yeah, right? the restaurant and I'm sure the menu will, will be better now. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well if they just as long as they keep the soap appears those were those were pretty scrumptious so well thank you so much for spending time with us this morning wayne i'm glad you are uh doing well in the world and uh still leading the way in transportation and uh you're you're still a leader in marketing online so it's been a delight to tap your brain with uh, and get your thoughts today thank you so much my pleasure. And, and and let me just say one thing, and, and this is, um, David has not paid me to say this. Um, if you're looking uh, to start a career or develop a career in recruitment, if you want training, quality training, and really know what you're doing, <laughs> then, then reach out to David because um, I wouldn't have been successful if I hadn't had his um, leadership or... Uh, um, you know, guiding me in the right direction. So, um, I, for me, I was just at the beginning eight years ago. Um, I like the way you work and I tried to imitate that and take the best part of it and made it my own. Um, but I think that's huge part of why I was able to be successful. That's great. Well, thank you for that. Let's we'll, we'll do, we'll have a big, uh, zoom hug. <laughs> but thank you that's very kind of you to say pleasure but uh, I had, some, I mean, I had I mean someone it. wonderful to work with so that was uh, that, that's great alrighty guys thank you so much thanks Dave and that's a